0: No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics, who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place.
1: Instead, we must choose to believe in America.
0: History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see If we will rise to the occasion, and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us here every single day of the week except on Thursdays. That is podcast-free Thursdays. And every other Friday, we have our good friend, Donna Brandenburg, who is fighting for you and America. Let's get started. (laughs) Oh, man, it's going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all said and done. You guys really have no idea what's coming for you. you. (laughs) Watch out, the American people people are coming for you.
1: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. Why? Well, it's very simple. Like I always say every day, they are the host. They're in the captain's chair. They're behind the wheel. That means they're steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here at His Hard Line for another episode of 1% with him. And we're going to be doing a reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 27. And then we'll have a short little discussion afterwards. But I tell you what, just like that intro said toward the end, the American people are indeed coming for these deep state, cabal, Luciferian order following people. If you can even call them people. I call them demons. But they really have no idea what's coming for them. I don't think they fully understand the full power of God, the wrath that God holds. I don't think they understand the true nature of, well, I think they truly do understand the full nature and power of Jesus Christ. That's why they try so hard to get us to steer away from God and Jesus Christ, because they know what kind of authority we have when we invoke the name of Jesus Christ which is one of the biggest reasons why we exist here on this platform. You need to know who you are and you need to know where you come from and you need to know what kind of authority you have over these evil ones. Now, that isn't to say that to be boastful, that's to say that to empower you. We gotta push the enemy back on their side. Now, I'm gonna keep this fairly brief today. I'm not going to really go over any headlines. I kind of, before I went on the air, I was kind of glancing through some headlines. There's nothing out there. I mean, there really never is anything out there. All it is, is just distractions. You know, it's just distraction upon distraction upon distraction. You know, it's almost going to seem like almost every time you come here, it might seem like we're always talking about the same thing because really pretty much we are because there's only two things that matter. God and Jesus Christ and helping people turn to them, right? The second thing that's also the you know just as important right below God and Christ is assembling our states and our counties returning to original jurisdiction because that is so very vitally important in order to fix this nation and to help right this ship. So it will oftentimes seem like on some days like we're continuously repeating ourselves. And we are, and we will, and we're going to continue to until we get more people awake to this knowledge of the power of Christ and the power of the assembly of people. And I'm okay with that. I'm not here to try to create a shock and awe type of show for you guys. I'm not here to give you fear porn. I'm not here to give you hopium. I'm here to give you the real solid truth and testimony of what Christ has done for me and my wife and my daughter and our family and how he's just been so good to us, but again, it's also been a process. I don't want to make it seem like it was a vacation. It was definitely a process, but um and also, you know, I don't want it to seem like it's very easy to Become a self-governed people again in this nation because that also too requires work. You know, again, nothing that's worthwhile, nothing that's good ever came easy. It comes with some sacrifice, it comes with some uh sweat, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and hard work. So So we are going to be reading out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 27. And I've been loving this book. It's been a great read so far. So we're going to dive right into it. It's not very long, only 13 verses. And today, again, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Typically, I bounce back and forth from that to the New American Bible, revised edition. And it reads, starting with verse 1. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know what? This would be the perfect show to finally play this. I've been wanting to play this for the last two or three shows now. But because we've been so short of time. So I found this one video, not real long, uh, maybe a minute or so, minute, minute and a half. It's uh so basically it's what it is, is the beginning part of it is Joel Olstein, right? And then you hear a snippet of this, and then there's this kid, I forgot what his name is. I follow his channel on TikTok, but he's very accurate in the fact that we have to be very aware of these kinds of people like joel olstein and how they preach nothing but prosperity doctrine let's give this a listen to because you got to be aware of these false prophets and these people that are like joel olstein see i used to be a fan of this guy until i really started waking up and i started realizing really just how evil this guy really is listen to this for a moment
0: i can't find one place in the scripture Where we are supposed to drag around not having enough, not able to afford what we want, living off the leftovers, living in the land of not enough. No, we were created to be the head and not the tail. How do you think the apostles would respond to that statement? Think about it. Paul was shipwrecked three times, beaten by rods three times, whipped five times, and lost at sea. John was poisoned and excommunicated to an island, and James was beheaded. The apostles go through all that for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Joel Osteen has the audacity to stand up and say that believers should always be prosperous and always have more than enough. Okay, tell that to the apostles then. Guys, Jesus literally told us, if you're going to follow him, you better be ready to take up your cross. That clip that I just showed you is the prosperity gospel at its peak.
1: Yeah, and it is. And let's not also forget. let me do a quick search on this. I can't remember his name. Hold on a second here. Um, hold the phone for a minute. Make sure I got his name right. Yeah, and you know, and just like um, William Tyndale, who died, who was killed for for translating and writing the Bible. I believe that's Tyndale. Yeah, William Tyndale. I'm pretty sure this is it. Yeah, he was an English biblical scholar and linguist who became a leading figure in Protestant, in the Protestant Reformation in the years... Let's see here. Yeah. But, you know, that's just it. You got to watch out for this. You know, this prosperity doctrine, it'll lead you astray very quickly. And like that kid was just saying, I call him kid, but that, that young man was saying in the video, I mean, it's just yeah i believe we were born to be the head and not the tail sure but if christ went through hardships you don't think you don't think that we would go through hardships as well i mean really i mean what what joel Olstein pedals is just straight utter nonsense it amazes me that that guy is even still existing to be quite honest with you all right now let's get into the reading Starting with verse 1, and remember we're reading out of Isaiah chapter 27, New American Standard Bible, NASB. On that day, the Lord will pair up, uh, excuse me, on that day, the Lord will punish Lev- Leve- Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great and mighty sword, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. On that day, a vineyard of beauty, sing of it. I, the Lord, am its keeper. I water it every moment so that no one will damage it. I guard it night and day. I have no wrath. Should someone give me briars and thorns in battle, then I would step on them. I would burn them completely or let, them, or let him rely on my protection. Let him make peace with me. Let him make peace with me. In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and sprout, and they will fill the whole world with fruit. Like the striking of him who has struck them, has he struck them? Or like the slaughter of his slain, have they been slain? You contended with them by banishing them, by driving them away. With his fierce wind, he has expelled them on the day of the east wind. Therefore. Through this, Jacob's wrongdoing will be forgiven, and this will be the full price of the pardoning of his sin. When he makes all the altar stones like pulverized chalkstone, when a shurim and incense altars will not stand, for the fortified city is isolated, a homestead deserted and abandoned like the desert, there the calf will graze, and there it will lie down and feed on its branches. When its limbs are dry, they are broken off. When Women come and make a fire with them, for they are not a people of discernment. Therefore their Maker will not have compassion on them, and their Creator will not be gracious to them. On that day the Lord will thresh from the flowing stream of the Euphrates River to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered up one by one, you sons of Israel. It will come about also on that day that a great trumpet will be blown and those who were perishing in the land of Assyria and who were scattered in the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. And that is the full reading of chapter 27 of Isaiah, verses one through 13. So, excuse me. So, the blessing of judgment. Now, blessing and judgment, it seems like those two don't really mix, right? But what happens, though, when God's people are under His judgment? Now, if we kind of recall back a couple chapters in 24, verse 13, it compares it to the shaking of an olive tree. Now, all the fruit, that is not securely attached, falls away. And the song of the vineyard of red wine is a song of tender caring and protection of the vineyard. Now, this comes after all the judgments and after the song of the well-beloved vineyard of chapter 5. That is the blessings of provision and protection come after judgment on his own people and on the world. Now, we do not have the riches of heaven. We have the promise of them. But right now, we have not yet inherited them. So we still have our troubles to face. We still have our problems accomplishing what is good and honest and battle in a spiritual warfare that we're dealing with still. And so only after death will we be untouched by a fallen world. And it's kind of almost, you know, it's, it's almost amazing. It is probably a reason why I didn't have enough time in the last two, three shows to play that that clip because it almost kind of falls right in line with what we're talking about here. We don't have the riches of heaven yet, but we do have the promise of them. And just, you know, like I said, right now we haven't inherited them. We are still dealing with our own troubles. That's why the crap that Joel Osteen is peddling is just complete garbage. And God's judgment. Then not now but then is a way to keep us focused on that eternal promise now it keeps us humble enough to remember that this world and all that it offers will not endure forever and like when gold is tried by fire the heat brings to surface all the impurities of the metal allowing them to be removed and even so we when we when tried by god's fire have the things of the world shown to us that we may remove them from our lives. And then purified, we are acceptable before a holy God. That is perhaps the greatest blessing of all. Like I was saying a few uh maybe a, yeah, maybe two shows ago. Maybe it was also last night, too. I can't remember. I we s I, I can't even remember anymore of all the things we we talk about. But you know, the thing is, my wife and I, we've been doing everything we can to remove things that don't seem to be purified or good out of our lives, things that feel heavy, right? Because we're seeking the face of Christ and we're seeking God in such a more intimate basis and more intimate level. We don't want anything in this house that will hinder that connection. Does that make sense? And so we're doing our absolute best to, 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 Destroy the distractions, to get rid of the impurities, and to be rid, you know, to rid them all out of this house. Now, <clears throat> as we kind of break this down verse by verse, and starting with verse 1, Leviathan is mentioned in Job 4 41, verse 1, and actually Psalm 74 14 and Psalm 104 26. Now, the context of these verses implies that it is a real sea monster, but there is no detailed description given. And so Job suggests that it is a creature that only God can subdue. And therefore, a spiritual application would be that God is going to destroy an enemy of the saints that the saints have been unable to defeat. Now, God refers to Israel in verses 2 through 4. He refers to Israel as a vineyard. Now, back in chapter 5, God was very angry with Israel because despite his efforts, they had brought forth wild fruit. Now here, however, God is promising that he will water it every moment and keep it from hurt and will not be angry with it. And his people have passed from judgment to restoration. But no one is able to fight against God and no one has the power or authority for that matter to defeat him. If one tries to overpower or usurp him, guess what? God will burn that person up. And if, however, one turns to God acknowledging that he is all powerful, well, guess what? Then one can have peace with God. Compare with verse 2 of the previous chapter, God's kingdom is open to any who wish to enter. And as we look at verse six, God promises a special blessing on Israel, which is referred to Jacob, right? And so going back to Abraham, the children of Jacob are the children of faith. And God honors Israel, not as a nation, but as the children of those who were faithful to him. And the fruit of Israel then is faith in God. Now, when he returns to rule Israel, Mount Zion, the faith will spread across the world. But as verse 10 of chapter 26 says, the ungodly will be ungodly still. And so those who took advantage of Israel have been utterly destroyed. And Israel, although thoroughly beaten, is still alive today as a coherent nation. At best. And so it has not and will never suffer the same level of destruction its enemies suffer. now. But instead, Israel will be measured and pleaded with or debated and shown mercy. Now, in the time of tribulation, the east wind, God will stay his mighty wind as to not put on Israel any more burden than what is already enduring. And so as we kind of glance over... What is this verse? Yeah. Verse nine. Excuse me. I had a hard time reading that. Boy, I might need glasses. God's purpose in measuring and dealing with his people is to remove sin. Now, everything that is not built upon the truth of God will be destroyed when he moves his hand on it. And so you'll know exactly when all this takes place, what was and what wasn't built by the hand of God. And so in contrast to his people those who are full of pride against god relying on their own defenses right their own understanding their own mind their own strength will utterly be destroyed to the point where no human will live there anymore and so god calls those who are prideful as people who have no understanding and psalm 14 1 says that the fool says in his heart there is no god and to reject god and in and to reject his ways is straight up foolishness and shows lack of wisdom. And so, in conclusion, in all this, as we kind of break down, you know, as we look at the last two verses, 12 and 13, now when judgments have passed, it said a great trumpet will sound to summon all of God's people, both the Israelites and the believing Gentile, to worship God in Mount Zion. Now, I wonder what that great trumpet will sound like, to be quite honest with you. I I really do. Could that great trumpet be the sound of the people in assembly? Could it be Donald Trump? Maybe. I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. But one thing is for sure. I really believe that Isaiah is pretty much today. If I can be, if I'm going to speak openly and honest, not that I speak not so open and dishonest, but if I can just pretty much give my, you know, my straight opinion on this, it almost seems as if Isaiah, like we're living out Isaiah. It's really weird, but exciting at the same time. I keep talking to more people and I was talking to somebody within our county assembly and I was bringing up the same question. Like I've been bringing up to everybody at work and Donna and my wife and other people. And, uh, this one assembly member that I talked to, she was saying that her brother who lives in Kentucky was saying that he's been feeling like time has been fast forwarding three times as fast as what it would normally seem like. And I was like, wow, like really? And what's interesting is now I know nothing of this. I kind of want to look into this. So, but, you know, again, I I have no idea about any of this. I'm just reading what she wrote, but this is really interesting. So she was saying, yeah, in her text, my brother said in Kentucky, time goes by in triple time. Those were her words. I said, wow, that's crazy. She says, yeah, there's even scripture that says that the sun goes back 10 steps on the audio the all dial of Ahaz and God turned back time. Now the all dial equals a sundial. I said, like, huh? I'm like, that's really, really interesting. I've never heard of that. But yeah, and I asked her, I said, but wait a minute. But if God turns back time, according to the scripture you're talking about, wouldn't that mean that time would actually slow down or stop in a way? And she goes, well, yeah, but time travel, if you're in the midst, is a term that is used for time travel in the scriptures. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that makes sense. And she says, and when they tried to stone Jesus, he went in the midst and they could not see him to throw the stones at him. I was like, huh. I never really looked at it like that. or thought about it like that. Just very interesting. You know, I don't know. It's, it just seems like we're in really wild times, folks. And I think the crazier, here's what's the, strange, the stranger than fiction part of it for me in my mind in my life. It seems to me that as time continues to get crazier, the more calm my spirit becomes. Does that? I don't know if that makes sense. And I don't know if any of you feel like that too. It's like the crazier times become and and, and more turbulent things seemingly appear. I literally feel more at peace. I don't know what that is, but it's a strange and undescribable feeling. I don't know. I I, I really can't really put it in any simpler terms than that. It's just really weird. You know, you'd think it'd be the opposite, right? The more chaos, the more stirred up you're going to be. But, but yeah, I mean, maybe like Destry was saying, maybe that's because we know the end game. You know, maybe, maybe it's because we know how this whole thing shakes out at the end. I don't know. It's really, it's really bizarre, but calming at the same time, you know? That's why I I don't know, whatever happens, whether if God feels that I need to be taken off this earth when he brings about his ultimate judgment or not, at the end of the day, I know one thing is for certain that I have to do. I need to keep shining light, sow seeds and help people come to Christ, right? Expand the kingdom to my very last breath. And number two, I'm just here to do what I can to help restore this republic with my fellow assembly men and women. And three, I'm just here to try to enjoy every single moment with my wife, with my daughter. I'm not trying to worry about this, that, or the other. Like, for example, let me give you a little short for example. Today, I wake up at 2 a.m. to get to work. I'm supposed to start my shift at 2.30. I only live like three, four minutes up the road. And... I get to work. I do my pre trip. I get my work because I haul fuel for those of you that don't know. And I logged in. We have what's called ELDs electronic log books or logging devices. Right. And so the day before I had taken the tractor that I was using, and I had to bring it over to the mechanic um, on our property. Well, I had, lo- you know, I had forgotten to log off duty and log off the truck because I typically stay, keep myself on duty. And then I log off on a computer up in our office which is part of the same system. Well, unfortunately I did not log off the truck. So what happens is even though I logged off duty in the computer in my office, once that mechanic gets in that truck that I was just on and he moves that truck, it has sensors on it and it automatically puts me in on duty and driving. The reason I say all that is to say this, this morning when I got to work, my logs were all messed up. So when I, and of course I dropped the ball on this, I didn't check and verify closely enough at my previous day's logs before certifying. And it turned out I had to wait literally till 4.30 in the morning for my full 10-hour reset. Now, it's like, Jason, where are you going at with this story? Hear me out. <clears throat> Back to about not really worrying about things, right? I drove one like literally 50 feet. And then the computer started yelling at me and buzzing at me really obnoxiously loud, basically telling me, i um, sorry, you have no time to drive. I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on here? So I had to stop the truck and I looked. I had logged exactly one minute and six seconds of driving. Well, basically what that does from a federal government standpoint and their stupid regulations or laws or whatever that is, I technically was unable to drive now from that point of moving that truck. Even though I didn't hit the roadways with it, I still logged on that electronic logging device, one minute and six seconds of drive time. So now what that means is I had to wait 10 hours from that point before I can lawfully or legally drive on the road and haul fuel. So basically in the normal circumstance, most drivers would be sent home without pay. You screwed up. Sorry, man. Like I can't drive at that point. Like you, you get a day off, but you, you get a day off without pay. And that was my mistake but it was also partly, you know, equipment things. But anyway, it was mostly my, my mistake than anything. So most people, or I should say the old Jason, would have gotten bent out of shape about that because I would have lost roughly, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and divulge what I make, but I would have lost a significant amount of money today because, you know, this is the last day of the pay period. And let's just say that I would have stood to make a good chunk of money today. Well, I didn't. Now, old Jason would have got Ben all out of shape and all upset and ticked off, but I didn't. You want to know why? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just money. Fortunately, for me, I have other skills in other areas, and because I'm very technologically savvy compared to most of the drivers in my fleet, I'm working on a special project outside of my regular fuel hauling job that, you know, when, when it's slow. I could just tap into that project and, and, and pick it up. So fortunately it wasn't a complete loss. I was still able to put in my 12 hour shift, but what's my point? My point is this, when things happen and you lose some money or, you know, something occurs where it would typically like the old, you would be like, Oh my gosh, you know, it just, it would throw you in a complete funk and you just get all upset about it. But for me, Like I said, it happened. I was a little upset that I did it because now I feel like I'm like, all right, great. Now I'm kind of, you know, disappointing my fleet or not so much the fleet, but, you know, I'm making an inconvenience for my dispatchers because now they got to cover my loads with somebody else and maybe a third party carrier. I had to wake up my boss at two thirty three o'clock in the morning. I had to wake him up, you know, just all these things. And I'm like kind of feeling a little bit like garbage about it. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? It's okay, Not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Nobody died. Nobody had to go to the hospital. Nobody got hurt. It's not a big deal. Losing a few hundred dollars is not going to make me go in the poorhouse. whoop do. doo It's just money. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to get at. Don't be so focused on this stuff in this world. If, if something doesn't go your way, maybe there's a reason for it. Look, there was a little bit of ice on the road today. It was very slick, according to some of the drivers when they got back after their shift. They were telling me how slick it was. Well, I had a very long run to go down about two and a half, you know, two hours and forty minutes south east part of the state. And who knows? Maybe that was God's way of keeping me behind because He knew if I would have went ahead, maybe I would have been tied up in an accident. I don't know. At this point, I don't question God on anything because I believe God. He's got the full answer and he knows what's going on. So if something happens of that magnitude, I don't question it. I just roll with the punches. and I'm like, okay, God, clearly you don't want me on the road today. So we're just going to listen to you today. So don't get so bent out of shape about the stupid small stuff. All right, it's not worth it. You never know. You never know what God is trying to keep you from by by holding you back in a, in, a, in a certain area that you think you should be moving forward in. You never know what God's preventing in your life, something that could be very catastrophic. Yeah, like Destry was just saying, it's possible you were prevented from wrecking a car with a family in it. That's exactly what I'm saying, you know? So it ha- I'm sure it happened for a reason. I'm not too worried about it. God's got this, folks. That's all. That's my point. God's got this. Don't worry about it. So with that said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you as usual, as always, and we'll continue to thank you for another day of life and good health. And thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. And thank you for guiding us. Thank you for our spouse. Thank you for our children. For those that are grandparents, thank you for the grandchildren. And we pray. Speaking of children, we do pray for the children of this nation and around the world. We pray for those that we pray for those that are trafficked. We pray that all the victims get saved. We pray that they all are accounted for and that they can be rehabilitated. And hopefully Christ and the Holy Spirit can work through them to help heal them psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Every which way you can think. Pray for the children. And, and of course, as much as it pains me to say it, I know we still have to, but we also pray for our enemies. We pray that they learn from their wicked ways and their schemes and that they start seeing the real truth that your way is the only way. And hopefully they drop all of their schemes against me. So, Father, we just ask that you continuously guide us, bring us every inch of the way, every step every movement that we make just guide us guide our thoughts guide our th- words and guide our actions may they always resemble as close as possible to your holy son's jesus christ and we pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and so that is all we have today folks at one or at his heart line for the one percent with him I appreciate your attendance here and joining me. I am trying to do my best to give at least minimum a two to three, four hour advance notice when I'm going to be on the air again, it's kind of hard to do, especially in the month of December. We have so much going on. We have my daughter's, you know, Christmas pageant that we're going to trying to and go into the pool. And then that's my, you know, got my birthday this month and just work. And it's just, we have so much going on, you know, and obviously Christmas and Christmas Eve. And this is a lot of stuff going on. So, You know, forgive me if I don't put out enough notice. I do my best to do that. So, but until we meet again tomorrow for another 1% with him, let's see, what's tomorrow? Wednesday? No, today's Wednesday. So, tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow's podcast free Thursdays. I will not be on the air tomorrow. I am sadly to say. Um, Every once in a while, I'm at, you know, as much as I like to be behind this mic, I am okay taking a day off. And also, let me make this clear too. I will not be on the air on Saturday either because we have our assembly meeting and I got a nice two hour drive ahead of me. So Saturday also will not be a podcast day. Okay, so you might see me absent tomorrow and Saturday, um, but I'll do something on Friday. Okay, I will do something on Friday. So but uh, hope you'll have a good night or a good day wherever you're at in the world. And till then, God bless.
0: No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics, who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion, and if we will show the whole world that America
1: is still free and independent and strong.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's oh going to suck to be you deep staters when this is all and said and done. You guys really have you no really idea what's, coming, idea idea for what's you. coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> watch out, the <laughs> American out people, the American are, coming people are, are coming for you. Thank you for joining Thank us here at His Our Live. Remember, you can tune in every, every single, evening, single evening. Except on Thursdays. on Thursdays. I hope you all have a blessed, have a blessed day. day. And remember, and remember like it states like in a Joshua 19, 19, 1.9, I command 19. you. Be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for joining us at His Heartline.